Hi guys, this is your host, Miss Anonymous, and you are now checked into the rehab. How is everyone? Oh my gosh. Hope you guys are excited. I hope you guys are thriving. I hope you guys have something absolutely amazing to look forward to. I mean, for one, I hope you're excited for this podcast episode and I hope you're looking forward to today's topic because this one is going to be a bit of a wild card. And the reason why I'm saying that is because this is probably a topic that you've spoken to your friends or your family or somebody close to in your life at some point. Or this is something that a friend may have come to you for advice because I'm surprised I haven't done like a lengthier podcast episode on this topic because it's so common and I want to give this topic a totally different perspective than what you will find out there. So if you're in this situation and you're Googling or you're going on YouTube or if you've been in this situation in the past, Um, I hope today's podcast episode will give you a completely different perspective. So without further ado, today we're going to talk about options. That's right. Um, And we're going to talk about options from a couple of different perspectives, right? Because depending on your situation, um, apply this, how this fits into your (laughs) current situation or Maybe it gives you a different perspective or third case scenario, maybe somebody in your life is going through this and comes to you for advice. So hopefully there's a different perspective in here for um, all of you. So without further ado, let's start with what exactly is an option as it pertains to today's topic. So an option is basically a choice, right? just like the word says, an option. You could be an option for someone. So you could be one out of two choices for someone or one out of multiple choices um, to someone or vice versa. Somebody could be an option for you or to you. So option basically just means that you have not made a decision on who you want to be with or vice versa. Maybe you're on the flip side. Maybe somebody else is um, choosing between you and another person. It gets a bit hectic and a bit confusing at times when you are somebody else's options. And I'm going to kind of talk about that in today's podcast episode because you may not even know that you're somebody's option. But hopefully by the time we're done with today's episode, you will have some telltale signs to say or to think to yourself, am I in this situation? And we're also going to talk about if you are, how do you exactly handle it? So first of all, let's start off with you being in the situation where you have either two options or multiple options. (sighs) Why are you in this situation? (laughs) Let's start there. So I'm a firm believer, and I know in some of the podcast episodes, when you're single, I've said you should be dating a bunch of different people, but that's not what I'm going to talk about in today's episode, right? Because I don't think 
options are necessarily if you're dating five people, that those are your five options. That's not the context for today's episode. When you're dating, you're just dating a bunch of different people. But when I'm talking about options, I'm talking about people that you're seriously considering. That means you've gone through the dating pool, you have vetted round one, and now you're just at that point where you're like, wow, I really like these two people or these three people or, God forbid, 10, 15 people right? So you're seriously considering somebody to either be in a relationship with, or maybe you're in a relationship and you're kind of weighing out if your current situation is better than something else um, or someone else that's out there. So in that context, if you are considering between multiple choices, here's my advice. If you really know who you want to be with, if you really click with someone, there really is no option. And what I mean by that is not that, oh, I'm going to be dating this person and I'm going to be dating that person and I'm going to be dating that other person. And then I'll kind of do a pros and a cons list because here's my two cents on that situation. Are there people that do it? Absolutely. But If you were really into someone, you would know. You would know within the first few days or you would know within the love at home first sight situation. If you are talking to two or more people, seriously talking, and again, past the stage of dating, like you're emotionally invested. If that is the case, my advice would be, to walk away from all of those people. And I know it sounds so controversial because you would be like, well, I like this person and I also like that person. So why would I walk away from both people? I'm going to pick one. No. And here's why I'm saying that. When you know that someone is it for you, when you know that that's the person that you really want to be with, it is no longer a choice between people. That's it. That's the person that you're going to be with and you're not going to entertain somebody else. But if you have, like for example, let's say you have an ex, right? The ex is trying to come back into your life, but now you're kind of talking to somebody. You wouldn't be even entertaining that ex, not texting them back or not speaking to them or not seeing them if the situation that you're currently in is something that was it for you. Anytime you are considering multiple choices, I firmly believe it's because your heart's really not into any one choice. Because if that was the case, you wouldn't even notice the other person. You wouldn't even respond. You would just dead them and you would just move on. Or you would not even think to reply to them. And we've all kind of been in that situation. If you've had some sort of a history with dating, then you know exactly how that goes. You meet someone, you're blown uh, away by, uh, by them, and then what ends up happening is everyone else just kind of falls off the roster. And it's sometimes not even something that you may mean to do conscientiously. It's just something that happens because that person has all of your time, has all of your attention, you're emotionally invested, and it's almost like nothing else really exists. So my take on options is that if you are considering more than one choice, I don't think then you're really 100% 
with any of the people that you're really considering. And if you're considering somebody new with somebody old, if that person who was that somebody old, really the person that you wanted to be with, then there wouldn't be this other person, right? You would already be with that person. Now, the only caveat to this is if you messed up. Let's say you did something and you screwed up a relationship with somebody else. Then you moved on to dating somebody new. But then that person that you messed up the situation with, let's assume, looks you up in a couple weeks, couple months, couple years. Now you're in that dilemma because now maybe you only moved on to the second person because you thought that that door was shut. And when that person comes back into your life, now you're looking at options, more than one. Only in that situation would I say that if you are entertaining somebody from your past, then that means that whoever this new person is, isn't necessarily it for you. Because if they were, you would not entertain in any capacity somebody from your past. You simply wouldn't. And the reason why I'm saying that that's the exception is because as much as we want to control situations, as much as we want to believe that we make right decisions at the moment, sometimes things happen. Sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes somebody else makes mistakes. So if somebody comes back and you are seriously considering that person, then you need to look at, well, what was that situation that this didn't work out before? And if it is something that was by fate, or if it was something that you did, then I would say you should consider the person from your past. Because if the new person, like I said, if they were it, you wouldn't even entertain somebody from your past. So that's my two cents on how do you handle options when it comes to you being the person that has to decide more, more than one, right? If there's ever a choice between two people, I don't think it's really that you would choose one or the other unless it's the situation that I just described, that somebody comes back from your past. And even in that case, I know when emotions are considered, it's not always black and white, but obviously you'd have residual feelings for someone. Otherwise, why would you let your past even be an option in your present? So something to keep in mind. Now, let's go to the juicier part. If you are somebody's option. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of different scenarios Hopefully, one of them resonates with your situation. Obviously, if you guys have been listening to my podcast episodes for a while, or if you followed me at my radio show prior, you already know that there's no way possible to talk about every single situation from every different angle. So that's why my hope, my goal, my dream is to revisit some of these topics in hope of addressing all of the possible situations that you guys could possibly be in. But for today's sake, we're going to go over some of the high-level telltale signs. How can you tell glaringly 
that you are an option for somebody else, right? And probably going to end up doing a follow-up episode to this at some point where we're going to go through the rest of the signs because obviously human beings are super complex. So there's no way for me to give you all of the signs that somebody could possibly do, but this is a start. So without further ado, here's how you can tell that you are an option to someone. Keep in mind, guys, I'm already saying that this is not the dating stage. So Uh, let's assume when people are dating, you are seeing a bunch of different people, give the other person the benefit of the doubt that they're also seeing a bunch of other people. And in fact, it should almost be an unspoken rule that people should not even get upset. It's kind of like if you're going to go buy a car, if you're going to go get a place like an apartment or house, or even if you're going to go buy clothes, you're going to try out a bunch of different things. You're going to check out a bunch of different stuff until you make a decision and then hopefully you're satisfied with your purchase. It's the same thing when it comes to dating. Sometimes it's physical attraction, sometimes it's personality. Whatever it is, think of it as simply the goods. So in the initial, it's fine for you guys to talk to a bunch of different people, go out with a bunch of different people, and do not get upset if the other person is doing the exact same thing. I know sometimes it hurts your ego. We've all kind of been there, but there should be a grace period of saying, and it could be different for everyone, right? Some person or some people might be saying that it's fine if we're talking to each other for a month and this person's talking to other people. That's okay. But past the one month, I need them to show a little bit more attention. I need to them to give me a little bit more time. For somebody else, it might be, hey, for six months, it's fine to date. So whatever you're comfortable with is sort of your measuring stick. But let's assume we're past that point of dating. So now we're talking about options is you know that that person has genuine interest in you. You obviously have genuine interest with that person. Now let's talk about options. We're past the basic dating stage. Now it's if you want to think about if you're into playing games, this is level two. At this point, I'm assuming if you're still sticking around, you want to pursue something with this person. It could be at a stage where you want to have a relationship and you want them to initiate or you want to initiate. Or this could be at a stage where you just want things to head down that path. Maybe you're not ready to label it as a relationship, but this is where you want to go. You want more of their time. You want more of their attention. Ergo, you do not want anybody else in the picture. So you want to be exclusive with this person, whether you want to put the title in it or not, but that's your objective. So here's how you can tell if they are also entertaining other options or if you are one of the options. So first, telltale sign. The biggest kind of telltale sign is how they prioritize you. So being that this is past the initial dating stage, you should have some sort of a sense of what this person's day schedule looks like. What's their work? How busy they get at work? What days do they work? What do they do on their free time? Who do they kind of hang out with? So you should have some sort of a schedule mapped out of this individual. By this time, you should also 
or more than likely you do have a routine with this individual, which means do you guys do morning text messages? Do you talk on the phone at night? How often do you see each other? All of that. So you, there's got to be some sort of a rhythm at this point. If you're not at that stage where the, you don't know their schedule, you don't know their routine, you don't know their rhythm, you don't know what's going on between you guys, and there isn't a genuine routine that's been established, then you're still at the dating stage. So not the podcast episode for you. <laughs> Come back when you guys get a little bit more serious. Um, so let's assume you have the routine, you have the schedule. And there's a pattern that you will notice, right? Uh, because most people are creatures of habits. And even if somebody isn't, even if somebody isn't a creature of habit, they would still have some sort of routine that they follow. So after a couple of weeks or a couple of months, whenever you get to this stage, there would be your telltale signs and your telltale pattern to what this person does with you. So notice what does this pattern tell you? For example, let's assume that the person is off. They don't work on Mondays and Tuesdays. And you know this about this person. So after obviously talking to them for some time, maybe you guys get into a routine where you see them every single Monday. But then on Tuesdays, you're not exactly sure what they do on Tuesday. Maybe they don't really share with you what their plans are on Tuesdays, or maybe you can't get a hold of them on Tuesdays, but you know it's a day that they don't work. So they have that freedom. So that could be one telltale sign. But before you start jumping to conclusion, I would try to find out what it is that they do on that day. Now, there's subtle ways of going about it, uh, of asking them, or if you know their friends, or if you know their family, maybe trying to indirectly find out what they do on their spare time. It could be that maybe they take up a hobby. Maybe they hang out with their friends. Maybe it's a family day. So before you jump to the conclusion of thinking, oh my God, there's somebody else, let's rule that out first. Now, if you know that they don't hang out with their friends, they, they're not big into doing hobbies, they don't have any other commitments, and you still don't know what they're up to, um, and here's the biggest thing, they also are unavailable. So you don't know what they're really up to and they're unavailable. That's usually some sort of a sign that either they're doing something that they don't want you to know or they're, <laughs> I'm not going to make a joke, uh, or they're with somebody else and they don't want you to know that they're with the other person. So that's one way to kind of tell if you are an option. Second way is lying. You know, the easiest way to catch a liar is ask someone the same thing different times and see if their story matches. So let's assume this person disappears on Tuesday. You have no idea what they do on Tuesday, but you ask them every week, hey, so what did you do on Tuesday? And they tell you, oh, I went grocery shopping. Ah, cool. So this, this is the conversation that took place on Wednesday. Then on Friday, you're like, oh, I meant to send you something. Um, and I thought I texted to you, but I didn't hear back from you. What it is that you were doing? Or you told me you were busy, right? Where were you at? and then see if that story matches up. Nine out of 10 times, people that lie to you, 
will not remember the lie, especially when they don't lie to you about something big, right? So when it's a big lie and it's a lie that we know that we have to keep our story straight, we'll probably, at least if you're smart, you will rehearse it a couple of times because you know that this is a lie that's big enough where you may get caught. At least that's what a smart person would do. If it's a small white lie that you don't think that somebody is going to come back and ask you about it, again, most people will not take the time to remember what it was the lie that they told the other person. So on Wednesday, when you ask them what they do on Tuesday, they probably quickly give you one answer, not even remember what is the answer that they gave you. And then on Friday, if you casually ask them what they did on Tuesday, they might give you another answer. So this is one easy way to, and this is not just even to find out if your options, this is just how to catch a liar one-on-one, right? Ask somebody multiple times, but you got to do it super casually because if you come across in a very inquisitive manner that you're trying to catch them or something, then, you know, they might take a minute and then they might try to remember what they told you last time. So you got to be super casual about this whole thing. But if this happens, let's say one week where the story doesn't match up, but then you ask them the same thing next week and whatever they tell you the story matches up the week after the story matches up don't jump to conclusions because sometimes people just forget, right? But if this happens week after week, it's the same day that this person disappears, you can't get a hold of them, then you ask them what they're doing, and then they give you different, different answers. Now you're on to something because now they have something to hide. And for most people, when people lie and when people try to hide, it's safe to assume that it's not something that you're going to be excited about, right? Like, it's not going to be that they went out and they were planned something elaborate or something like a fun surprise for you. That's not what they're going to lie about after the fact, right? So genuinely, when people lie in a continuous manner, then it's going to be something that they don't want to get caught in. So that's another way of you realizing that maybe you're an option. Now, the third way, this is a little bit tricky. So you got to do it very subtly and you got to be strategic about it in the beginning. See, these are the kind of things, like this is something that if you did it in a relationship, it would probably be fine. But if you're not at that stage, you don't want to scare off that person. That would be to look at their phone. But At this stage, since you're not in a relationship with this person, I'm not going to recommend that you break into somebody's phone. And quite frankly, if you have to take that step of getting somebody's password and breaking into their phone, at that point, there's so much distrust that's already there that I'm not even sure if that's a relationship that you should want to pursue just for your own sanity. So The way you're going to look at their phone is not going to be by breaking in and invading their privacy because let's assume this person had nothing to hide and then they find out that you are cray-cray and you're not even officially together. You're never going to get to that relationship. So you got to be subtle about how you do it and you got to be respectful, you know, until you get into a relationship. Then maybe you can go through, (laughs) I'm kidding, I'm kidding. (laughs) Don't do it then either, you know, just respect each other's privacy, although... If you are in a fully committed relationship, you should share your password with your 
partner and vice versa because you shouldn't have secrets like that. There should be nothing in your phone that your person can't go in and see. So coming back to this, you are going to pay attention to how do they react when somebody texts or somebody calls um, when they're with you and they're on their phone. For example, if they get a text message, are they trying to hide their phone from you? Or are they trying to ignore the text message until you walk away and then they check their phone? Those are sort of the telltale signs. How do they react with the phone when you are with them? And if they are on their phone, let's say they're texting somebody, are they okay with the phone being right next to you where you can see what's on their screen? Or are they trying to hide their phone from you when they're doing that? Um, with technology kind of where it's at and everybody's life just kind of being at their fingertips and most people being on social media, it's not hard for you to spend time with somebody and then the notifications on the phone to be going off and for you to glance over and kind of see who that notification is from. Um, the one caveat that I'll give to this, and I've said this in one of my previous podcast episodes, is the people who are like habitual cheaters or habitual liars, they may put that other person's name as a family member or a friend that you know. So just kind of be mindful of that. Like if it's Aunt Stacy and Aunt Joanne and Aunt Michelle. And at this point, because you've been seeing this person for a minute, you kind of know that they don't have a huge family, then remove the aunt and it might just be Michelle that they're talking to. So... (laughs) But let's assume you're not dealing with somebody that's a habitual liar or cheater. So in that case, you glancing over their phone should be an easy indicator. And even more so than glancing over the person's phone, it's like, how do they react to it? Are they comfortable with showing you their screen and kind of telling you what's going on? Or are they secretive? Because sometimes it's not even what you find on the phone. It's just the interaction that that person has with you and their phone at the same time. That's enough to kind of tell you whether there's something that they're hiding or they're not. Now, for the guys, I will say one thing. Um, Traditionally, it used to be that men cheated more than women. But unfortunately, that's not the case anymore. Women probably cheat just as much, if not more than men. And what's worse is most guys can only focus on one thing at a time. So men sometimes get caught more easily than women because women were trained from a very young age to multitask and be able to nurture different relationships simultaneously. So women because of, and I'm not saying every single woman, but women in general, because of that type of upbringing in most cultures, are better at cheating. They are better at covering their tracks versus men. So guys, this is not just advice for women to catch you. It also goes vice versa. But keep in mind, because women are better at it, she might be better at hiding the fact that there are other options. And also, you know, people talk about the whole gender inequality thing, and it kind of works both ways. Um, Guys have more options in some places 
um, geographically just because of the stats that they might be more women than men so your odds are better but because men are hunters by nature and traditionally women have more options in that sense that if you are a certain type of a caliber of female you just have more guys coming after you so it's not fair to the guys but the reality is that more often than not depending on the type of female that you're into she will instinctually just have more options off the bat uh, for dating but again keep in mind the stage that we're talking about is past dating so at this point this is where you need to find out especially if you are considering a relationship with her or any type of a long-term future if you are somebody that she is seriously with or if she's with somebody else as well so that's why for guys you have to be a little bit more on your toes especially when it comes to this whole phone situation so those are kind of the three ways that you can tell but i'm not done the fourth way that you can tell if you are somebody's option is basically what do they do with you like when you see this person or when you talk to this person what type of conversations are you having with this individual are these the conversations where it's like well maybe one day we can get a house together or maybe one day we can move in together maybe one day i would love to be married um or is it more just lofty like let's just live in the moment let's just see where this goes notice how those two conversations are very very different one conversation is potentially having a future together the other conversation is very much let's not focus on the future let's just worry about the now or the immediate future like tomorrow and psychologically even that tells you a lot about the person if somebody is not 100% sure about you which is likely the situation when they are considering you and a bunch of other people or another person then they are not going to envision a future with you they're just more concerned about what's happening right now so depending on those conversations depending on the type of plans that you make that should tell you if you are the only person in this individual's life or if there are also maybe other people in there so if someone's going to buy tickets to let's say an event 6 months in advance then that's a telltale sign that they see you in their life 6 months from now versus if you maybe initiate making plans 2 weeks down the road and they're kind of aloof about it they just want to see where things are or they don't know what their plan would be so they want to kind of take it day by day that kind of tells you one that this person really isn't that serious about you and two there may be somebody else in the picture and that brings me to sign number 5 the telltale sign which i think is so obvious for more people and a lot of people pick up on this but we don't want to believe it and that's really just instinct you know when something is off i know women generally are more intuitive um than men but most people can tell you can tell when someone's with you and you have their undivided attention you can tell the way 
that they hold you, the way that they talk to you, the way that they make you feel, if it's just you or if it's you plus insert one, two, three, four, five people into the equation. You can sense it. You just know if it's you only or if you're one of the other options. You can tell about by their demeanor. You can tell about how, with how they treat you. You can tell by like the type of conversations they have with you. You can tell by who they introduce you to. So all those things let us know if it's just us or if it's us plus others. And the craziest thing about this is sometimes we just don't want to believe it. If you're out at a restaurant with a guy or or with a woman and you see them kind of look over their shoulder, then it's almost a no-brainer to be like, who are you looking over your shoulder for? Like, is it the debt collector? Are you running from the cops? No? Okay, then there's somebody else. Because obviously you feel like you're about to get caught doing something. And the only way you would be looking over your shoulder like this, especially when it's just the dinner between two people, is when you know that you're doing something wrong. And that brings me to the sixth and final thing, guilt. And this is something that most people don't even want to admit to themselves that they can sense the person that they're with feeling guilty. And it's very different from the the fifth telltale sign in the sense that it's one thing to look over your shoulder and feel like you're going to be caught. It's another to feel bad. Like you can tell that when they look at their phone screen that they feel bad, they feel guilty, their mood is off. It's as if that they have done something that they regret. And you can almost sense like the change in the attitude right after that happens. And it could also just be, and guys, I know what we're talking about, like you're past that initial dating stage and now you're sort of headed down to a relationship. But let's not rule out the fact that some people are already in relationships and you might think that this person is single, but they're already committed to somebody else and you're unknowingly the side piece in this entire situation. And if that is the case, I'll give the same recommendation that I give to people every single time. If there's an option between you and somebody else, gracefully bow out of the race. I don't know why people get excited when they feel like they've won. If there's ever a choice between you and another person, leave respect yourself enough to walk out of that situation because if you are past that dating stage and this is still going on then that person is never going to be 100% sure about you even if they end up picking you they're still not going to be 100% sure about you because there was somebody else in the picture that they have emotions for that they have an affection for that was that would have should have could have 
You don't want to be in a situation where let's say this thing goes somewhere. You end up getting married to this person. And then one day, they out of the blue, you think everything is great. Now you've had two, three kids. They come up to you and they tell you, you know, I think it was the other person that I really was in love with. But at the moment, I just couldn't decide and ended up picking you. But now I regret that decision. So if there's ever a choice between you and another person or more people, and you know that you are one of the options because you took the time to listen to this podcast episode, you looked for all of the signs and you found them, walk out. Don't give somebody else the power to choose you from a lineup. And don't give anybody else the right to decide whether or not you get to stay in their life. That should always be your choice. So for the people, if you are in this situation and you know that there's somebody else and you just want to win, then you need to take a step back and just think about why is it that you need validation from this individual or why would you want to be in a relationship with somebody that obviously doesn't see your worth right from the jump. Because somebody who saw it, it would click. It would click in the stages of initial dating. And there wouldn't be anybody else. So the fact that they're seriously considering you and other people, you're not it. Even if you win, even if they end up picking you, you still end up losing. And this is something that's happened in my own life where people will come back to you and they will tell you that, you know what, you're the person that got away from me. Don't give them the right and the ability to ever have that talk where they tell you, hey, somebody else was the person I should have picked, even if they end up picking you. And if somebody doesn't pick you, let's say you go through all these telltale signs and they're like, well, I don't know if I like you or if I like the other person, let them have the other person. And when they come back, and most of the time they do, when they come back and they tell you, oh, you were the person that I have, I should have picked. You're the person that got away. You're the person that I should have gone with. All those years, months, days, however long it was, leave them on read. It's not even worth a conversation at that point. Because at the end of the day, whether you're the person that's talking to somebody else or deciding between a bunch of or vice versa when you know you know and most of the people will know before they even put someone in a situation where they have to compete with other people and I hope most people have enough self-respect that you're not going to st stick around and go and fight for someone this is not the 12 13 14 1500s where so you're going to have to fight for an individual. You know, and in most of the fairy tales, it sounds really, really cute where there's like a Prince Charming that has to fight for, to like get this. We're past that day and age. At this point, if someone is not in tune with their feelings, if they're not in tune with their emotions, where they know what the heck they want after they've spoken to a bunch of different people and dated bunch of different people then that's not even somebody that you should want to be in a relationship with because they obviously don't know themselves well enough they don't know what they like what they don't like and if they're that indecisive about a big decision 
imagine being with this person on a day-to-day basis do you really want to be with somebody that's so fickle that one day they might come to you and they might say ah even though i picked you i really shouldn't have or worse tell you that there was somebody else and they picked you as if you won some sort of a prize i would look at that as like a slap in the face and (laughs) remember when i said at the beginning of this podcast episode that regardless of the fact if you've googled this if you've gone on youtube if you've gotten advice from other people the perspective on options is going to be so different in this podcast episode and it's to give you a real perspective so then this way you can be woke when you're in this situation or if you're giving advice to somebody who's in this situation because a lot of people Sadly, even people who are married or people who are in relationships, they don't know what they want. And until you know that you are ready to make hardcore decisions that you stick with, that's not even a person that anybody should want to be in a relationship with, at least not a serious relationship, because that individual has some growing to to do. That person needs to really understand themselves. So do yourself a favor avoid that disaster. If you see the signs, if you're in that situation, get out of that situation. Because on the other side of it, just like you know that you're one of the options, you can also tell when you are it for that person. When you are their one, you know, because you can also feel that. But that's a topic for another podcast episode. So with that, I hope you guys enjoyed getting a different perspective on options. Um, I hope this is something that can help you or it can help somebody else in your life. So with that, this is your host, Miss Anonymous, and you are now checked out of the rehab. Until next time. Bye, guys.